One of the key commonalities here, certainly something I believe in, is the freedom of ideas and exchange of information, which to me is the fundamental component of liquidity. If you don't have that, then you're immediately putting restrictions on the generation of novelty. And if you're putting restrictions on the generation of novelty, you're immediately putting your society at risk in the long term. We can see that on the broader perspective in more censorship-based societies where thought is restricted and constrained. It warps the narrative of the individual as they live through their life. Whereas actually, if we promote the freedom of exchange of information, which at its core requires privacy, because the most free thought is a private thought. And if you can share a private thought between two individuals in a truly privacy-preserving manner, you can have freedom of exchange of information, freedom to share ideas, freedom to generate novelty in ways which don't necessarily exist in purely public networks, which allows for greater diversification of thinking, greater diversification of information sharing. And ultimately, that leads to better technology and a better humanity, I fundamentally believe, is a result of that. I think privacy is fundamentally important to democracy and to free speech and all governance structures that come from that. And I think that's, you know, no matter what your perspective on privacy, essentially, if you're pro-privacy, on some level, you're respecting governance. And I think there's a lot of commonality there. This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Dr. Cap and CG, who are the founders of the Particle Project and the developers behind Basic Swap Dex. The three discuss the story and ideals behind basic decks, how the decentralized exchange works, commonalities and differences between Monero and Particle, censorship resistance and practice, how privacy and freedom of speech provide the necessary base for the generation of novelty, making the DEX user friendly enough to replace centralized exchanges, improving atomic swaps, implementing smart contracts, and much more. Monero Talk starts now. All right, Dr. Cap, CG, hey. thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks to you. Uh, I'm, I'm honored to hear that you got you got so nervous about Monero talk. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, uh, it's honestly it's kind of a big deal to be presenting this to your community. It's a real honor. Um, you know, we've been working on this, you know, for the better part of a year and a half, pretty much on a shoestring budget with zero marketing, more or less it, it's in secret. No one would have known about it if we didn't really mention it until very recently. So, you I'm know, gonna, the positive, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know this was being worked on until, uh, yeah, like I guess a week or two weeks ago when it kind of resurfaced that it was about to launch. So very, very stealthy of you guys and, and much respect because most people kind of go out there and do the opposite, talk about the thing that they're going to launch and how great it's going to be and that you guys work behind the scenes and, you know, you didn't start talking about it until you're ready to actually show something. Yeah, yeah, it's actually live now. It, it literally went live yesterday. So, you know, any of the interested parties can actually go to basicswapdex.com and it will kind of give them the rundown on how to install this. But to kind of put the context, um, you know, let me sort of introduce myself. My yeah, name's yeah, Dr. Robinson. Start that probably help. Yeah, Dr. Cap, you go first. Go ahead and introduce yourself and then CG. And then if you guys can, uh, you know, give the overall intro of the project. Yeah. So, um, Yes, uh, my name's Dr. Kapil Amrasinghe. Uh, I happen to be an advisor to the Particle Project. And the real man who's sort of beneath me on the screen is CG Crypto Guard, who's essentially one of the project managers and, and key players in this. So we are part of, our, of a sort of privacy-based project called the Particle Project that's been in operation since 2017. Um, we got the idea for building sort of a fully decentralized uh, exchange, uh, well, essentially a DEX. Uh, we, we got the idea for about two years ago. And over the last sort of year and a half, it's kind of been in a kind of closed beta, I would say, progressive stages of a closed beta. And then essentially yesterday, we felt confident enough to release it into an open beta stage. So what the Particle Project has managed to to develop, in essence, is a it's a DEX with a fully decentralized order book that supports a, a Monero, and all of the exchanges are sort of direct via atomic swaps. So essentially, it's a trustless, privacy-centric exchange, which is highly censorship resistant um, and supports. Essentially, it's, it's an open source platform that happens to support a number of cryptocurrencies out of the box and has room to support more. Um, CG? Yeah, well, CG CryptoGuard from the Particle Project. I joined it about 2018 as a sort of community manager and then just, you know, took really passion to the project just because of its commitment to, you know, decentralization, privacy. I think very much of the same ethos that drive the Monero project forward. So it was just, you know, out of this passion that I joined the project. And um, as Dr. Cap started to mention, we uh, basically saw the uh, Monero swap protocol that hashed released a few years ago. It was a very rudimentary sort of atomic swap based protocol that allowed you to swap Monero for Bitcoin. But uh, for those who've tried it, it's kind of like very protocol-y. So you got to, you know, input various different uh, commands in a terminal. It was very step-by-step -step and kind of complicated. But, you know, uh, we just figured it out that uh, there was this sort of base layer on which to build a proper DEX from. And we just ran with it and, I guess, built quietly, as you mentioned. Just didn't want to, uh, you know, hype up a project too early and then sort of... Uh, not really deliver on it or anything. So we just figured we'd build it first and then start talking about it after. Uh, probably a better way to go about it in our opinion. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Much respect to you guys. So I, I have so many questions run, running through through my brain here. I think probably best if we start with you know what, what is what is particle and what, what does this have to do, ha, even have to do with particle? Like, is it, is it how does particle play a role in here? I guess first describe particle itself. Okay. Um, so I think the best way to describe particle it's a privacy project. It was it is a blockchain based privacy project. So there is a blockchain called Particle, which is its own cryptocurrency, and it's a privacy-centric cryptocurrency. It's interesting in that it happened to be one of the first cryptocurrencies that used the Bitcoin core code base that happened to support Ring CT. So we happen to support CT, Ring CT, and public transactions. Another aspect to this project, and that's the one that really drew me in initially and continues to, is that essentially, you know, that they've built a, a decentralized e-commerce platform that allows people to buy and sell goods online without any KYC, without giving up any personal information, without any signups or logins. And that's, you know, if you if you if you just if you want to, it's completely off topic. If you want to go look at the Particle Project website, you'll find it. It's Particle Desktop. You can install that and that will kind of link you in to an e-commerce platform that allows you to buy and sell goods using the native Particle cryptocurrency. Um, Nervous again. Sorry, the question because I'm getting off topic. Yeah, yeah. So I guess uh, you know that good explanation of particles. By the way, we met you guys um, back in like 2017 during the Magical Crypto Conference in New York. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were there I, as Monero Talk. I think it was the first time. No, it wasn't the first time we went out and interviewed people. Um, but it was it was a big one. I mean, we interviewed Max Kaiser that day. We we had a great time at Magical Crypto Conference, uh, grilling all the BTC maxis on, uh, <laughs> on the lack of fungibility. It was. It was <laughs> I I remember seeing them dancing at the uh, at the after party, just watching them dance. Some of them can really go, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were sitting right next to the particle team all day uh and it, it was uh you know great meeting all of you then and uh it's it's first of all congrats that you guys have kept it going right so like a lot of projects you know we've seen development kind of die off so it's it seems like particle does have a pretty you know you guys have some dedicated developers that are continuing to work on this project right yeah yeah, this is really kind of like a passion-driven project in terms of privacy, decentralization. We sort of always prioritize uh, development because what we want to build at the end is, you know, usable products that people can use with privacy and decentralization. Obviously, that makes it kind of a bigger challenge to do so, you know, in, in comparison if you discard the privacy, for example. Uh, but sort of focusing on development as the first priority kind of kept that going even in bear markets because you kind of see a lot of project come and go and they pump you know millions of dollars into marketing and then it spikes up in price dies whereas we've always you know mostly been focused on development because this is basically we're mission driven in that process awesome how would you describe the differences between particle and monero like how would, if you were comparing the two projects I think we should start with the I think we should start with the commonalities. Um, for us, both of us essentially have privacy first principles in mind. We value and understand the importance and nature of privacy. We we appreciate how 
censorship resistance needs to be built from a very fundamental level upwards. If you don't build it from a fundamental level upwards, it's very hard to build it down into that fundamental level later. And you're seeing that in the broader climate of cryptocurrencies. Essentially, a lot of the, the big public blockchains, you know, I'll, I'll be upfront, Bitcoin and Ethereum and an L01 level, they're not private by design. And because of that, a lot of the architecture that's being built on them, you know, I remember Ethereum, and I'm not knocking these projects, by the way, I'm just simply pointing out fact, if you go to the Ethereum website, you know, for a very long time, I don't know if it's still the case, they were saying a censorship resistant technology. That was their big thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas actually a lot of the news and a lot of the developments over time have shown that actually because on a very fundamental level, you've not respected privacy from the get-go, there are lots of ways you can censor the networks if you really try. And it doesn't have to be direct. You can do it indirectly. There are lots of ways you can compromise the decentralization of the network You know, from a geopolitical perspective, from the physical location of your nodes, from the visibility of your transactions, and then the visibility of the contracts that may be loaded onto the chain itself. Mm -hmm. Any of the layer two privacy solutions can be switched off from the bottom up because they're essentially dependent on the L1. So there are lots of mechanisms in place where, well, it's great to have a censorship resistant ideology, but if you actually want to carry it out in practice, you really need to think about it from a fundamental level. Because if you don't, you run the risk of censorship. And I think one of the key commonalities here, certainly something I believe in, is the freedom of ideas and exchange of information, which to me is the fundamental component of liquidity. If you don't have that, then you're immediately putting restrictions on the generation of novelty. And if you're putting restrictions on the generation of novelty, you're immediately putting your society at risk in the long term. We can see that on the broader perspective in more censorship-based societies where thought is restricted and constrained. It warps the narrative of the individual as they live through their life. Whereas actually, if we promote the freedom of exchange of information, which at its core requires privacy, because the most free thought is a private thought. And if you can share a private thought between two individuals in a truly privacy-preserving manner, you can have freedom of exchange of information, freedom to share ideas, freedom to generate novelty in ways which don't necessarily exist in purely public networks, which allows for greater diversification of thinking, greater diversification of information sharing. And ultimately, that leads to better technology and a better humanity, I fundamentally believe, is a result of that. I think privacy is fundamentally important to democracy and to free speech and all governance structures that come from that. And I think that's, you know, no matter what your perspective on privacy, essentially, if you're pro-privacy, on some level, you're respecting governance. And I think there's a lot of commonality there. Um, I think, and I respect Monero for taking a pure privacy-centric approach by having Ring CT by default anon on every transaction. I think that gives you such a strong base as a means of currency exchange for censorship resistance. Um, uh, you know, the, us adopting Ring CT. Granted, I'm going to make an, an admission and concession with the particle blockchain. There is a public chain, but any of the transactions that occur on the particle marketplace, they have Ring CT by default enabled. The escrow mechanism, it's two-party only, so it's so highly privacy conscious that there is no third party overseeing all of the information exchanges essentially encrypted end-to-end. -end. So 
what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of commonality, even if there are slight differences in how we've gone about applying that. We're trying to achieve the same thing. Mm -hmm. Hope that helps. Oh, yeah, man. You, uh, very, very well put. Very well put. Uh, I mean, I may have to steal some of that as I uh, <laughs> when I try to explain <laughs> the the importance of Monero. No, I think you you expressed it very well, and I I completely uh, agree with uh, everything you're saying in terms of the, the philosophy behind uh, you know why we're trying to build this technology. Um, CG, right? Take it away. Well, from a technical perspective, I can uh, I think Dr. Cap kind of explains the commonality in terms of the mission. I think Nero sort of focuses on being this sort of uncompromising private currency that does it very well. Uh, we actually believe Nero to be probably the closest thing that you can get from digital, digital cash, right? Because of that privacy, uh, you compare that to Bitcoin, which is, I think actually you guys uh, coined it as the spy coin, right? Yeah, surveillance coin. Surveillance, surveillance coins. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of get that same uh, mission as Monero. I guess the main differentiator is that Monero runs on CryptoNote and has that, you know, private by default uh, aspect to it. Whereas the part coin, which is the native currency of Particle, doesn't have that. Uh, it's basically up in privacy, but it's built on the Bitcoin code base with the Ring City privacy protocol. So you kind of get a bit more flexibility because of it, uh, which isn't a bad thing about Monero. I kind of see it like the Bitcoin of, of you know, privacy coins, uh, a currency that does what it does extremely well. Uh, with the part coin, we, we, we get a bit more flexibility, which allows us to basically build applications that take this value of privacy, of decentralization, you know, no compromise. And we port that over to applications as well, not just a cryptocurrency. And part of what we've been working on recently and what we're uh, basically we're doing a big shift in our development phases, whereas we're going to open up the ecosystem, uh, the applications that we're building to more cryptocurrencies, because we don't believe that because Monero is a bit more rigid, should be restricted from being used in privacy preserving applications. Uh, so, so we're sort of. Whereas Monero focuses very heavily on the currency, we sort of take that mission and, and port it over decentralized applications. Mm -hmm. And hopefully at the end, and which is one of the reasons we built BasicSwap is we sort of want to converge these different cryptocurrencies that do you know many things right in different ways because uh, we don't believe in tribalistic manners. So we just want to bring that together, build a sort of ecosystem that's private, you know, with the right commitments of freedom. And we just, you know, want to, open it up to every cryptocurrencies. Right. So saying Monero is, is, is focused on being purely digital cash, whereas Particle is is focused on, uh, like you said, building privacy uh, preserving applications. Is yeah, that right. kind of a fair way to put it? Yeah, I think Absolutely. So. And um, and I, I guess so. One of the, one of the one of the primary differences between something like Monero and Particle is the fact that you guys are you know have this messaging system built into it. Can you can you guys explain that a little bit? Yeah. So the SMSG network it was an outgrowth of our work on developing the Particle marketplace. Now, one thing that the Particle blockchain does that should have mentioned is that it. Even though it's built on the Bitcoin codebase, it actually supports smart contracts. Bitcoin does support smart contracts, but 
we don't build the smart contracts into the blockchain because we think that creates a lot of problems with bloat and scalability and, and performance down the line. When we were developing the particle marketplace, we essentially developed a distributed data layer called the SMSG network. Now, essentially, it's a peer-to-peer -peer based, a peer-to-peer node-based data network that allows for the transmission of messages from node to node, and it applies end-to-end -end encryption by default for all of these messages that are transferred. So it's a privacy-centric data layer. Now, what this layer does is actually it supports the ability to run smart contracts that can then interact with blockchains for confirmation of transactions. And that's actually how we've enabled the escrow feature uh, in the particle marketplace to function that essentially allows for buyer and seller to directly do their trades as it were because essentially the buyer puts a deposit the seller puts a deposit and then both parties have to essentially agree that that the transaction has actually occurred the real life one before the the respective deposits get released but we've taken that concept um and the fact that you can actually run smart contracts on this data layer that interact with blockchains and used it to essentially make atomic swaps run on this data layer uh, and in doing so, it kind of provides a mechanism that allows us to A, build a distributed order book in a, in a very decentralized fashion, in a very privacy-preserving decentralized fashion, because all of the messages between nodes are encrypted end-to-end. Uh, -end. Um, and it allows us to do fancy things such as essentially say, right, you've got this basic swap node. Essentially, we built the basic swap technology, the DEX is built running on this SMSG layer. So what you've essentially got when you compile the basic swap client, you're essentially building a, a, a DEX protocol that is interacting with this SMSG layer. And when you build the basic swap DEX, you're basically running a node on the SMSG network. And that node that you're running, whenever you create offers for coin, when you download and sync your chains, and then whenever you want to create offers to swap coins for the chains that you've synced and downloaded, you're essentially sending messages across that propagate across that network saying, there is an offer for X amount of Monero for X amount of part or Fero or Bitcoin or Litecoin or PIVX or Dash or any of the other supported cryptocurrencies. Because it's an open protocol and it's an open data layer, you know, that means we can actually support as many cryptocurrencies as we want to with this thing. You know, the integration potential is there that extends through to Ethereum, the ERC20 tokens, and pretty much any kind of cryptocurrency that supports atomic swaps in some manner, if that sort of makes sense. But sorry, I know I'm going off topic. Oh, here. this is great. What, what would you say um, the experience is like, the usability? I mean, is it is it if, if enough people start using it and the liquidity comes there, would it, would it be like using a, you know, traditional centralized uh, exchange? Yes. So um, this is the amazing thing. At this stage, and I really want to stress this, it's a very early open beta. So the actual process of compiling this, it seems a bit, it is a bit convoluted. But once you compiled it, um, the actual, it's like running a CEX, but without any logins, without any signups, without any KYC. You, you literally just download your chains, you've synced them, and you'll literally see it on the interface. It's just like, oh, these are the wallets I've got. You can sort of 
deposit to the various chains, you, you know, you deposit to your various wallets for each cryptocurrency. And then you literally look at the order book and it's just a list of all of the available orders, which you can filter through. You can create your own orders. And again, this is a bit different to say the DEXs of automated market makers. It's a distributed order book. So you set the price, you're in control of what you want. You're in control of exactly the variables you're interested in. But also because of the built-in encryption on this layer, everything is kind of private. You can essentially compile these nodes to run through the Tor network so you can mask your IP. And then you're essentially using a data layer that's highly secure and encrypted on a very masked network to essentially have a fairly a highly censorship resistant exchange of currencies. Sorry if I keep no. going off track. This, um, is this is great. No, you're not. You're, you're answering the question. CJ, you, uh, you have any uh, comments there? Yeah, well, it's a process, right? As Dr. Cap mentions, it's still an early beta. What we want to do with it is to publicly release it so that we collect more feedback, ideas, comments from the community, stress test the network as well. Uh, the user experience is, is, is kind of nice, to be honest. It's, it's relatively easy once you get started, but it's uh, for some people, it might be a challenge to you know compile an application if you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. uh, We've certainly had this comment since the release, but as it being a process, you know, we're building solutions moving forward uh, to make that easier. Certainly the end goal is to make it as easy to use as what your favorite sex would be. Uh, but this is obviously a process. And by keeping privacy and decentralization, making no compromise on that end, uh, it's always kind of a bit slower than usual in terms of development but it's certainly worth it we think do you do you think there's any technical obstacle that's going to make it difficult to make it as user-friendly as a centralized uh you know exchange or is it just a matter of time to get there and it could it, the experience could get as good as a centralized exchange i think the experience will get better um oh. once you go through the steps of compiling this you'll quickly see it's like a mountain. It feels like a mountain to the, those who've not handled with compiling programs. It feels like, oh, a series of mountains. It took me about, so for me, when I was compiling this, it was my first experience. On, I used a Windows machine and my first experience of it was like, okay, I'm running WSL. I'm, you know, launching an Ubuntu distro. All the instructions for the compiling this are actually clearly outlined in the Particle Academy and on the basic SwapDex website. So there's a step-by-step -step guide. And if you just follow all the instructions, it took me about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes to do the initial setup. Once I'd done that and actually started seeing the, the, the once I did that and once I actually launched the decks, I was like, this took me less than 30 seconds to get my head around. It was so easy to use. So my belief is actually once we kind of put proper executables together or have a framework for simplifying the compiling of these nodes, actually, the end user experience is incredible. Now, I, I, I know with Monero, Atomic Swaps, uh, Monero to Bitcoin, I think you can currently only start the conversion on one end, right? Um, yeah. Is that a pro? Did you guys solve that too? Or is that still uh, that's an issue? That's an issue on for uh... we're, we're solving it okay. we're working on it i was uh, sure okay yeah no we got a path forward to fix it it's just uh taking time but uh, it's due to how the protocol works in the first place uh, you just gotta sort of um 
build the process and the application to work on reverse. Uh, basically, it's it's kind of as easy as it sounds, but obviously not as easy as to implement as it sounds. But we're working on it. That's actually one of the very next uh, roadmap items that we'll be pushing out, you know, shortly after the release. No, oh, great, great. So what? That's point... actually one of the you know. Not complaints, but comments we got from the Monero community. And obviously, you got Monero, you want to, you know, put an offer on the book. It's kind of uh, not optimal to, you know, have to put an offer that requests Monero and not just put an offer that offers Monero. Right. You can kind of, you can swap both ways, but the way that you have to do it is different depending on whether you're picking an order or you're putting an order on the book. But, uh, Definitely, that's one of the very next few items coming up. Awesome. Um, what coins are available? Do you, I, I, you might have mentioned it on the outset, but if you could just say it again. Sure. So just to list some, um, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Fero, um, PIVX, Dash, Particle, uh, and, and Monero. Um, let me just quickly check I've got all of them because I don't really want to leave anyone out, but I think that's all of them. In fact, let me just check my own node because I pretty much downloaded and synced all of them. Yeah, that that's it for now. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's an open protocol. So if anyone wants to sort of up, do their own coins, they can get in touch with us and we can assist them. Alternatively, if they want us to do it for them, then they can essentially get in touch with us via the link on the basic swap decks website. And, and, and we can kind of go about that process. So however uh, a coin community wants to go about it, you know, just get in touch. So it's, uh, you know, it's decentralized, obviously you, you're never giving your keys up to a centralized exchange. Uh, there, there's, there's no fees. Um, I don't know, man. It sounds, sounds a little too good to be true. Where's <laughs> where, where, what are the what are the negative aspects? Where what are we not taking into account here? Um, I think so going back to the no fees, there are no third party fees. There's no you have to use this blockchain or this token in order to initiate a swap. It's just a straight swap. One thing I want you to be aware of is there are network transaction fees and. For the, for the atomic swap smart contract to execute fully, that amounts to essentially four different transaction fees, two on each side. So you need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. But in practice, if you're using, you know, depending on the chains, that still can work out a lot cheaper than the cuts that centralized exchanges excuse. So I want you to be aware of that. Secondly, with this, it, with this version of the beta, uh, it goes back to usability. One it's a very purist experience. So essentially what you're doing is downloading and compiling a, a node that's a, that helps run this DEX protocol essentially. And it has a very nice front a GUI on top of that to help you interact with the DEX and, and put the orders. But the things that I want to stress are um, that for every coin that you want to trade in this version, you're going to have to download and sync that chain. So... Mm. If you're going to want to trade Bitcoin, you're going to need to download and sync the Bitcoin chain. Same with Litecoin, same with Vero, same with, with Monero. So, you know, there's going to be a period of time where you wait for things to sync. And then the next consequence of that is that if those, if your node goes offline or if those nodes go off offline, they need to resync. If your basic swap node, it needs to stay online 
for any orders that you've put up to continue propagating. So if you've created bid or ask orders on the basic swap decks for your node, the minute your node goes offline, those will stop propagating and those orders will disappear from the network. So they won't show up in other people's order books. So that's the other thing you need to be aware of. The next thing that sort of follows on from that is, um, you know, it's the same. If you want your transactions to complete, the node needs to stay online. So I think that's the key thing here is there's a usability aspect mm -hmm. and there's a maintenance aspect. You can't just switch it on and switch it off as and when it needs to stay on. Um, now, we are working within our roadmap to enable light clients and, and, and fast syncing and, and various other features to reduce that kind of burden. But this is a very purist experience. Uh, and it goes back to what we were saying, what I was saying about the fundamentals of privacy and the fundamentals of your architecture. We're trying to get this right from the ground up. We're not saying this is a perfect solution. As you've rightly pointed out, you know, you can ask for Monero, but you can't sell the Monero as it were. So that, that's another aspect you need to be aware of. That's not yet been implemented. I think, I, I know it sounds too good to be true, but it really isn't. I think the thing is, it's just taken time to get here. Um, you know, like I said, we've done this project with pretty much minimal funding on a shoestring budget with zero marketing. Uh, and I think in some ways that's meant it's taken a bit longer than it really should have. But on the flip side, the, the, the ideology has maintained pure, pure. The community has essentially maintained pure. I remember when we used to have lots of speculators uh, and sometimes the attitude of speculators can be toxic and not necessarily appreciative of the long-term vision of a project. So I think there are downsides, certainly in this phase, but not as many as you think. Uh, CG, any thoughts? Well, I mean, yeah, most of the downsides are due to, you know, technical limitations or hurdles that we certainly want to fix, but also uh, because it's not built using smart contracts, you sort of have to make these user experience compromises if you really want to go the super cypherpunk extremely private way because um, you're always going to find downsides to for example running through a light node because you kind of have to trust that node in a way uh, if you use the dex through a third-party in uh, integration such as on a wallet for example you kind of have to trust the actual implementation of that company that mm -hmm. integrates so you we're building solutions in the future to address the current technical limitations or, or, hurl or hurdles. But if you really want to go at it from a extremely private way, I think it comes with uh, concessions at its core. Uh, obviously, you, you try to make that as less impacting as possible, but it's kind of a price to pay, I think, for you know keeping yourself extremely safe. Right. Uh, it's kind of like with Monero itself, right? I mean, you could be, you know, running the client or you could be using a, a mobile wallet and there's, you know, concessions that are that are made along the way. Well, on the flip side, you don't get bad FTX-like surprises. <laughs> sure. Yeah. sure. A, lot, a lot of benefits. Go ahead, Dr. Cap. No, no, I, I was just going to say on that, you know, it, it's funny you mentioned FTX. I mean, I think every single cycle, my, my biggest disappointment with cryptocurrency, this cycle, I kind of kept, you know what, I'm going to be completely upfront. I had no idea how Sam, who Sam Bankman-Fried was until FTX went bust. That's how, 
I've literally focused on the particle project. You had your head down. You're working while everybody else is bullshitting out there on, on Twitter. You were. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then when I found out, I thought, oh, right, we got Quadriga CX again and MT Gox before that. It's right. the same old cycle, the same old bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it's just on a grander scale. Like yeah. the same patterns of human behavior will pay out cyclically time and time again, but it always goes back down to if you want real change, you focus on the fundamentals. And you kind of, sometimes that comes at the price of ignoring what's going on around you, but it doesn't matter because that's kind of bullshit anyway. When you kind of see behind the curtain and understand how market making works, how liquidity works, how a lot of the current cryptocurrency empire and uh, no credit it's it's been great it's been an amazing thing to watch this grow but also seeing it deviate from a lot of its original principles when you really start to understand what those principles are and value them and respect that it's hard not to be disillusioned just go eh, all right well okay you know i've had lots of mainstream normie and i'm hate I'm not, i've had lots of retail people who i would class as retail end users go oh crypto's dying yada yada and it's probably the second time in five years i've heard that and it'll be the third time in over a decade that i've probably been through that and i don't care i understand how these things work um i think the protocols that we're building today are going to be the true bedrock of the future. I, 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 it, it, if my closest analogy, I was around in the early days of the internet, I remember, is it Netscape Navigator? Mm-hmm. Thinking that was an amazing piece of architecture, seeing real player uh, and all these things that you go, oh, whoa, they're the future. And actually they show you a vi- So to me, something like Ethereum shows you a vision of what the future could be. Smart contracts, they, they, they made it a mainstream entity. But there were so many compromises on a fundamental right, level right. that actually, weirdly enough, if you go back to the purity of the Bitcoin code base and how they execute their sort of, if you look at the, the fundamentals of proof of work, then actually, and you look at the fundamentals of cryptocurrency, and then you kind of go, right, well, maybe we should think, well, what are the, what, what's the consequence of running smart contracts on the actual blockchain itself? You lose X, you lose Y, you lose Z. Let's move that off. Let's let's take the best of both worlds. And I think this on a fundamental level to me is the future. So privacy is hard. Real privacy is hard <laughs> to actually get done right. It's so hard, so annoying sometimes. I'm not even going to lie to you. To get real privacy can be really a fucking pain in the balls. But it's so worth it. That would like <laughs> just, to, I mean, that, that's that's where all the real value is. That is the value proposition of this of decentralized tech. That the whole purpose centralized censorship resistant, like you said, and you know, privacy t- ties into that in a big way. Um, or creating something that can't be corrupted by you know by governments or you know other other authorities. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. Um, 
bunch bunch of questions. So what is the, you know, I guess the business model? I mean, what keeps what keeps this, this the decks going? How is how is it funded essentially? CG? Yeah, well, at the particle project, we got a sort of DAO model that a portion of the staking rewards they go into a decentralized treasury, and mm-hmm. then the community votes on, uh, you know, community project. It's actually the kind of same CCS model that Monero uses. Uh, mm-hmm. So, the, but it's basically self-funded by the particle protocol. So the particle team actually gets funded from the community based on you know on-chain voting. And we do submit proposals to the community at every you know interval and get funded through that. Uh, so what that allows us to do is basically do the basic swap dex protocol without having to bake in some sort of gimmicky, cheap, you know, monetization layer that's not really needed, but it's needed mm-hmm. to keep the team alive. But if you want to build a protocol, say a dex protocol that's used as a fundamental part of your ecosystem. If it charges fees at a protocol level, it just kind of, you know, creates more friction where it doesn't need to be. Uh, so that's why we really decided to go with like a fee-less solution. So there's no actual business model baked into the DEX. It's just like a free and open source platform that's there to use. Uh, the benefit for that, obviously for the particle project, is that we got this sort of decentralized application platform that we want to open up to different cryptocurrencies and having that DEX uh, at the center is kind of like the engine of the car. So you mm-hmm. you can have like a pretty car, but if it doesn't have an engine, you can probably push it on neutral, but you can't uh, put gas on a pedal. Uh, so the DEX really sort of puts itself in the middle of all of that and connects all the applications and the currencies together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously that benefits a particle project because of that function because it allows us to uh, expand beyond this bubble that is the particle community. Uh, but a wonderful thing about it is that there's not a need to have a business model baked into the protocol. Now, obviously, we got a bunch of ideas. We're sort of exploring uh, how to build applications on top of this next protocol. Uh, these applications, they may benefit particle or the, the part cryptocurrency in different ways. Uh, but the business model we think shouldn't be at the protocol level. It should rather be at the product level. Mm. And this, in my role as an advisor, one of the things that really excites me is the idea that someday this protocol level DEX could be integrated into the marketplace that we provide. And then you've essentially got a way of, well, you put your fiat deposit somewhere and uh, no, but as soon as it's in there, fuck him. It goes straight into the DEX network and through the DEX network, you do all your shopping and you say goodbye to fiat forevermore. So I think, you know, to me, integrating a DEX of this nature into an e-commerce platform that's cryptocurrency centric and decentralized kind of gives us a bridge to siphon value from the traditional fiat power structure. Oh gosh, stop what I say. From the traditional fiat structures, it allows us to siphon more meaningful, non-speculative value into the cryptocurrency ecosystem. So for me, there's no direct business model. It's more there's a roadmap to the future, an ideological future that I see a pragmatic vision for. Uh, and that's my take on it. 
how uh how big do you see this this decks getting obviously i mean as big as you guys want to get as big as possible but like what, what what role do you see playing in the ecosystem you think this becomes like a major like on-ramp off-ramp for something like monero i think it has the potential to be i think it's going to take some time i think we do need people who are a bit who are hardcore to kind of engage with it ask questions join our element chats, our discords, um, chat to our developers, uh, and actively start using that protocol. I have, as I said on my previous talk uh, with Dash, I have fairly muted expectations over the first 12 months. And that really reflects the level of technical expertise that you need to be able to A, understand this, we know the significance and then go through the steps of running it and the kind of commitment you need to keeping that node online. So I have fairly muted expectations in terms of the initial 12 month period. Uh, and if, if at 12 months we see a few thousand nodes for me, that would be a huge victory. I'm not going to lie here. You know, I'm keeping it restrained. Um, I think in an era where you know Monero's had issues with centralized exchanges and delistings. That's that's a given. That's known, and we understand that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, the the future of privacy coins, I think, is going to be bound to the future of decentralized exchanges. They go hand in hand, lock and step. Um, I think you know the Europe. There, there was some buzz in the news recently about Europe wanting to ban privacy coins. That is not new. They've been banging on about this for at least six months. So I don't know why that's suddenly come into the frame again now, but that is an ongoing thing. There will always be a question of, <laughs> this is the thing, you can have the world's perfect decentralized cryptocurrency, but if it's dependent on centralized exchanges, then you've always got a point of failure. So I think you know, this as a protocol is a really good starting point and example. And I encourage, if you don't wanna use it, I encourage you to go at least build versions of it and use the the underlying examples to you know really you know work on and improve it but obviously the overall development of this space would work better if we all worked in a synergistic manner like i said on a very protocol fundamental level we're not requiring you to use a specific token or charging a specific third party fee because we just want this to be a frictionless, pure experience, because ultimately that will draw more developers in, that will draw more development in and allow the progression of this protocol a lot faster. And then actually we can move towards our ideological aims pragmatically a lot faster. Whereas actually if we don't do that, as soon as we allow elements of personal greed or greed to get in, that immediately creates the grounds for conflict and division, and then that creates setbacks. Uh, and I don't think that helps anyone. I think we're at a really nice place right now. I think we should just keep exploring that. Uh, but I stay muted. Right. I think it's important to, you know, just be realistic about adoption potential. But uh, for the first time in kind of a long time, I kind of see both macro and micro events. So both at, you know, the world stage and also at the very crypto stage, I think it's slowly starting to converge towards, you know, people... Uh, moving back to what initially Bitcoin and Monero had as a mission, uh, Dr. Kat talked about you know the regulatory rumors, but again referencing referencing uh, FTX, I think that whole debacle just sort of accelerated the process of going back to the roots 
because uh, it became so easy to use cryptocurrencies. You could, you know, deposit on an exchange. You could buy NFTs. You could do all sorts of thing almost at a click of a button. But it it implied so many concessions that I think we're starting to sort of uh, wake up once again to why crypto was created in the first place and was to sort of uh, take away or cut off the middlemen. But weirdly enough, starting maybe approximately in 2017, when the whole ICO craze started, you sort of saw VCs and more of the corporate types businesses come into crypto, obviously bringing value in terms of user experience, but compromising the privacy, compromising the decentralization, uh, which is something also that we observe uh, just on another topic on the internet. It's just the whole concept of centralizing uh, the ecosystem. But I think with the everything that's going on at both levels, micro and macro, I think for one of the first time, I kind of feel weirdly positive about uh, the health of the crypto industry. Weird, I say weirdly because it's based on you know bad events or uh, concerning rumors, but it also just reminds us of why it's here in the first place. Yeah, and that we actually have have the tech to, you know, uh, over overcome the issues that we're seeing. It's just that people are making the mistake of not using that tech, <laughs> right? It, it's here. It exists. <laughs> Uh, we just need people to be to realize why they need to to use it, and unfortunately, most people are learning the the hard way. Uh, I, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, I think a, a part of it, and it goes back to that idea that privacy is hard, but we're just trying to make it a little bit easier, and it will get a little bit easier in stages as our development progresses. And yes. This space layer provides a very pure layer for which you can have a very pure privacy centric experience but then the layers that you will be able to build on top of it as we sort of simplify i think it will allow the retail community much easier access to actual dexes um, now whether that's through connecting via web interfaces into light clients or or various other solutions that's that's a question that remains but essentially the easier you can make you can make something easier if you build it right on a fundamental level what comes on top and i, I think convenience is a big factor here um, i think a lot of the mistakes will get repeated in the next cycle that people have made this cycle because i'm a great believer in the idea that history repeats itself because most people don't study history or the psychology behind history so i think there'll be a new generation of sorry i'll say it's suckers that come along and don't really study their fundamentals well enough um but at the same time i think this technology provides i think not just this technology your technology and a lot of the technologies that a lot of the teams the development focused teams who are purist focused uh, are building and providing i think that will provide a newer, or I don't know if newer is the right word, but certainly a different and in some ways stronger foundation for us to kind of protect people from. Oh, it's not quite the wrong word. I can't find the right word, I'll be honest with you. If, but I hope I make sense. I hope there's some yeah, sense in what I'm saying. What's angels and cycles? Go ahead, CJ. I was just saying everything goes in cycles. I think when it came crypto in 2008 and Few years after that was first revolution of crypto then it sort of became a gimmick with all the icos and you know pump projects 
But uh, with everything that's going on, I think we're about to see kind of like the second crypto revolution once again. Yeah, I think people are slowly. But yeah, what's what shocked me most about crypto, the crypto space, what I was been most surprised by is just the uh, the human dynamic and people's failure to understand what the value proposition of crypto is and to just be so easily distracted and like swindled into and, and being misdirected. I didn't think like that many people would fall for that many scams. I uh, I've just never... <laughs> never experienced that in any other part of life to that degree where I think, wow. But uh, so that, yeah, that's like money corrupts or blinds. Yeah. Like yeah. Dream of getting, you know, huge gains and you sort of don't do all the due diligence or sort of overlook some specific components of different projects because everybody's in it. So like, why would I be in it? Well, it's it's the beauty of it too, right? I mean, that's what really bootstrapped Bitcoin is is the greed element, right? So, and then that 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 greed element, it's amazing for bootstrapping crypto, but it's also, uh, you know, can can blaze out of control if you know if other things aren't aren't balanced against it. So, I think we've seen the the, the best of the greed and the worst because I do think it's it's essential to how these things get get bootstrapped. Hmm. But what what I would say is the greed, when it's distributed and decentralized, it can really fuel liquidity and fuel a network. But the points of failure in a greed-based system are the points of centralization. We see that time and time again with the scammers. The scammers, the developers, that's a centralized point of failure. The dodgy exchange with a backend, that's a centralized point of failure. The smart contract that's not been properly audited or has a backdoor, that's a centralized point of failure. So greed... Uh, or I, I don't even think that's the right word. I'll find that right word one day, not today. But greed can be used to drive human motivation. Desire can drive human motivation. And the desire for wealth, the desire for what wealth implies, a better standard of living. Yeah, everyone wants that. Everyone aspires to it. Uh, and the people who generally don't make it are the ones who take shortcuts. Some people, they're very good at taking shortcuts and gaining huge amounts of wealth in the in the short term. But a lot of the time, those people, they're scammers. And ultimately, they wind up losing it anyway or misusing it or misappropriating it. Because one thing I've learned in my life is that if you're a thief, you tend to associate with other thieves. And if you're constantly having to watch your back, that's not a great state of mind to be in. That. Is that a fair thing to say? Definitely. You're not going to like this question, but how long do you think until we see uh, basic swap decks integrated into something like, you know, Cake Wallet or Monero, you know, some of these other Monero wallet or any wallet, right? Where it's just part of your, your wallet experience and you're using it as though you were using one of these, you know, third-party uh, instant exchanges? Well, I certainly hope next year in 2023, but wow. as with uh, anything, uh, they are moving targets. We still got a couple of roadmap items to complete to allow that. Um, and it's kind of hard to estimate sometimes, you know, if you get more devs, it, it can go faster. Also, if you get more devs, it can get slower, depending. <laughs> but um it really depends. There's a couple of items, you know, we got to make a framework for integration that's kind of early in the roadmap, but it's a quite large item to deliver. So we'll see on that. Uh, 
I think in the case of Cake Wallet, for example, what would probably be more interesting is a more uh, stealth X or change now type user experience, whereas you can just uh, yeah. basically be a taker. So you say how many coins you want to swap. It tells you how much you're going to get. Uh, we are quite a long way in, in building that functionality. It's kind of available now in a weird way. Uh, but it's a few tweaks here and there that that's, that still needs to be done. But also, I think with uh, scalability, there's going to need to be some improvements because if you get on integrated on uh, super popular platforms, you're going to get a ton more users. Uh, liquidity also has to come. So it, it, there's a bunch of different items that have to come together. But we certainly hope uh, within 2023 that we're able to do that. Perhaps the hardest items are behind us, we hope. Uh, building the framework or the, 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 the base layer was a super large task. As a matter of fact, it took nearly two years, but uh, now it's getting, I guess, a bit more fun. Starting now, we start building upon what we've finally released. So I, I guess what people can do most to help you get there faster would be to start using it, right? I mean... Uh... The more people that use it, the more liquidity it gains and the easier it becomes to grow in that, right? Yeah, and contribute as well. It's open source. Are th is there overlap with Monero? Are there Monero devs working on this? Would you consider uh, using the Monero to make swap being a contribution? Because that's probably... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess I... Hashed is working on it, but not really. But uh, no, it's mostly particle developers at this point. But uh, we're absolutely open to more contributions. As a matter of fact, we're all about open source. So, I mean, just bring it, contribute. You guys should come down to Monerotopia in Mexico City. H hang out with the Monero crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm actually not too far from Mexico, so that would probably be a good opportunity to see a bit of the country. Oh, yeah. We should definitely make this happen. Definitely. How how would you compare it to something? Are you familiar with Sarai decks that's being built? Yeah, a little bit. And uh, obviously, like a Thor chain. So how would you compare you know, the, the pros and cons between those two, what, what you guys are building versus you know one of these... Uh, liquidity uh, pool indexes. So I think one of the things there is, for me, it's the idea that the liquidity can suddenly, if there's, if the distribution of liquidity providers in an automated market maker is highly uneven, you can create coins or coin pairings that look highly liquid. And then all it takes is for one of the big providers to suddenly pull out and then the whole thing collapses and it kind of disadvantages the smaller providers. So that is a lot less, that, that's much less likely to happen when you use a distributed order book uh, in that matches a traditional CEX, those orders just stay as they are. Um, so I think there's that aspect, in my mind, there's that aspect to that. Um, I think, there are real benefits to AMMs because they incentivize liquidity naturally. And that's something that you don't necessarily get with, with this setup. It, you know, it, it's not that the, the rewards aren't so obvious with, with our sort of distributed order book system uh, compared to AMMs. 
Um, you know, one thing I will say is the manner in which our network's been constructed, it's, I would argue, a lot more secure than a lot of AMMs by default. Um, a lot of the transactions that occur on AMMs, they occur again on chain, so they're public. So you can inspect them. So in a lot of cases, you don't have the privacy element that's built into our decks. Um, so that's slightly going beyond the concept of AMMs into the actual data layer on which those AMMs are built. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think I don't really know enough about Sarai decks, to be honest. I can comment a tiny bit on, on ThorChain and I can comment on the AMMs in general, but we know a bunch of them have turned out to be scams. This isn't a problem here. Um, because again, going back to that, a lot of the times with the AMMs, if you're interacting with the smart contracts, you're essentially depositing your coins into smart contracts and kind of, if unless you really know the code in and out, you're kind of hoping that there isn't a big bug or backdoor in those AMM smart contracts that can lead to a sudden loss or wiping of funds. So that's not a problem here because you retain full custody at all times in a, in a much purer sense. Um, so I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. You know, the using atomic swaps over the AMM style liquidity, there are some real security advantages um, that are present. Uh, and the trade-off is some of the incentives to build liquidity aren't present that would be on AMMs. Fantastic explanation. CG. Well, my, I'm honestly quite excited about uh, everything happening right now with Monero. I think Saridex and Basics are probably going to fill different purposes. So it's very, very nice to have uh, these sort of two approaches to DEXs finally coming up to Monero. Uh, I mean, I know a bit about AMMs and, and that Saridex is sort of a solution on that end, but really I couldn't command uh, comment that much about it because I haven't dived super deeper. I just know the developer is super reputable within the community. So I'm just excited to see what happens and also super excited to see that Monero uh, finally becoming sort of invincible to uh, super resilient to exchange listing. More options is always good. So I'm definitely excited. So are you guys the, are there other swap? swap DEXs? I mean, obviously there's not for Monero with atomic swaps. I mean, atomic swaps exist for Monero, but it's never been put in, in DEX form. Are there other swap DEXs though in general in crypto? Um, yeah, so you've got like atomic DEX, you've got Komodo, I, I guess you can argue you've got Beesk. Um, I think some of the problems with some of the other DEXs, and again, this is sort of where we differentiate is that a lot of the other DEXs, they that atomic swap DEXs, they support atomic swaps, but the actual order books are often managed by a centralized entity. Yeah. Um, whereas with our atomic swap decks, those orders are distributed across a peer-to-peer -peer network, and all of the messaging between those peers is encrypted. So yeah, are you some... are you the first of that kind? Yeah, yeah, we are. This is a huge milestone in that way. Um, is, that is tremendous, and like, I mean, because it's it could be used in more ways than just as a as a dex, right? It's also as a marketplace. Exactly, and actually, this goes back into you know, looking at Monero. 
you know, if you can, I feel there's almost a future in which you could probably build an e-commerce marketplace that uses Monero as its primary coin. I'm sure it's possible. And I think the SMSG data layer allows that. Um, so I think it's something worth looking into for, for the Monero community and the privacy community at large. I think there's a lot of potential to build a lot of applications. And I don't think a lot of people realize the potential of this network layer yet. People are, are listening right now. Their their ears are 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 peaked. CJ, you got any comments there? Uh, well, whether we're the first or not to do a decentralized order book, uh, I'm not exactly sure. But I, I guess the big difference is that we're really committing to privacy hardcore. Uh, everything, every single part of, of of what we build is basically built with privacy at its core. Uh, so I'm sure. If we're the first, I'm pretty sure other are going to come up at some point. Uh, but there's details in how you build applications, especially in regards to privacy. Do your uh, Does your data leak? Uh, can you track swaps, for example, by matching hashes onto different chains? Um, this is kind of something that, that we prevent using scriptless scripts. So the uh, hash is stored in a kind of off-chain smart contract. Uh, uh, that, that that would be our probably number one selling point is really the privacy commitment to privacy. I'm sure there's going to be other options. Uh, they probably or maybe won't focus on privacy. Maybe they'll decide to focus on convenience. Maybe they'll decide to focus on uh, easier ways to bring bring liquidity. Uh, I don't think it's uh, sort of exclusive or mutually uh, exclusive kind of domain or uh, industry. I think different products can have different purposes that they fill, different missions, different goals. On our end, it's really hardcore privacy and decentralization. Awesome. I think uh, now would be a good time to move over to the Twitter chat where we can let the community ask questions. There's uh, over, almost 40 people in the room. That's that's awesome. So yeah, anybody that's like listening to the recorded version of this right now in the future, we've we've changed up our format where we've added a Q&A at the end. So if you ever want to try to catch those live Q&As, Q just follow Monerotopia or Monero Talk rather on Twitter or me. And uh, you can tune in when we actually record the show and you can ask questions afterwards. So Dr. Cap, CG, uh, will officially end the interview here. Anything you guys want to close out with in terms of, I don't know, things you want, resources you want people to, to find or uh, links to put out? Uh, we got a official website, particle.io, specifically for the uh, DEX. We got basicswap.com. Uh, these contain vital information. We also got academy.particle.io. If you want to use BasicSwap, that's where you'll find all the tutorials, guides, uh, explainers. Uh, and if I could add anything, I would say just if you like what we do, come and contribute. We are an open source uh, project, open to feedback, ideas, want to hear what you have to say about what we build, want to see you contribute. Uh, we certainly believe that privacy projects should unite and join force, forces. So, uh, I mean, let's do it. Beautiful. Dr. Cap. Dr. Cap, can you hear me? Dr. Cap, when I'm mute, you're muted. Hello, hello. Oh, he, 
might have switched for the oh he switched for, right. for the right. Q and A <laughs> over there. We'll edit this later. So let's go over to the uh, the Twitter space and uh, thank you so much, guys. I'll meet you over yep. there. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Cool. All right. Anybody that wants to request, come on up. I'll get particle up here. Infi, Infi. Yes, how you doing? Infi, Infi. How's it going, man? Great, great. Um, I kind of came late on the conversation, uh, but I'm really interested in building the nodes and what type of platforms we can put these nodes on, like if we can use them on, he said Windows, Mac, Unix, uh, like Raspberry Pi, stuff like this. I, I would be very interested in knowing more about them. Sure. So, yeah, so you can build a node. It's it's really designed to be built on a, optimally, I think the easiest setup is actually on any sort of Linux distro. Um, the Windows installation essentially creates a Docker for um, for a Linux distro to be run. Uh, it uses, so you're instructed to use uh, uh, WSL to, and I, I when I set it up on my Windows uh, sort of computer, I basically ran WSL and docked onto Ubuntu and then essentially downloaded all the relevant code and then compiled it from there. But again, you, it's a bit more direct with Linux and with Mac OS, it's kind of in some ways a similar process. All of the steps actually are quite, are outlined quite clearly on the, if you go to the basicswapdex.com website, um, the first two things you'll see are start trading now and tutorials. So if you go to start trading now, it'll show you like the GitHub. But if you actually go into the tutorials, um, it'll just show, take you straight to the sort of get install page. And then that'll show guide you through the process of actually setting up the node. And like I said, it's an open network. Anyone's free to set up a node and we encourage you to do it. Fantastic. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for that. I'm actually on the website looking at it now. I actually have some lightning nodes and stuff like that. And I actually use Monero. Uh, I think Monero is great. Um, up there with Bitcoin. And I'm also all for all roads lead to Bitcoin. But Monero is great. So I digress. And thank you. No worries. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for uh, joining us, man. How did you find out about this? Just curious. Um, I was actually in another room and um, there was a bunch of debtors arguing about the debt and uh, they kind of got upset that I called them unlettered and didn't really understand the law. And then when I provided the law, uh, they kicked me out of the room. So as I was in my travels, um, I'm a Monero user, so I'm here. Fantastic, man. So is, is it that you use Monero for when you're transacting and uh, you, you store your store your wealth in Bitcoin? Is that your your approach? No, I mean I've I've been in the crypto scene since um, let's say 2011, and then I got into mining as soon as ASIC dropped. I believe that was like 13 or 14, um, and then now I just play with coins here and there and um all these altcoins but I, I i'm a pretty good holder in uh in monero and bitcoin um i also do a lot of stuff on other platforms where they only use monero fantastic say no more say no more anybody uh anybody else want to jump up and ask particle a question basic swap decks come on guys it's a good opportunity here just request to speak 
Well, I have another question if no one's asking. Yeah, go ahead. I don't see anybody else requesting. Guys, if anybody oh. else does want to talk, just uh, request as we're having this convo over here, and I'll bring you up. Go um, ahead, sir. Yeah, there was a part in the conversation where I believe you were talking about uh, one of your biggest hurdles was in the messaging. Um, am, am I correct with that? In in the messaging, in what sense? Um, just you messaging with different platforms and the transaction. So like Swift. So Swift is a messaging company. So there is a certain language. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if I was mistaken when you were talking about this language or this code in the different transactions and if there's an issue with said messaging. Um, no, I think one, when I was going on about the issues of messaging, when you run the node, it needs to stay online. So essentially, when you run the node, it's a peer, you're essentially running a node on a distributed peer-to-peer -peer network. And the basic swap swaps the basic swap software essentially helps you run that node. Um, now, if your node goes offline, any of the messages you generated on that node also go offline. So those messages won't then propagate. So if you've launched a basic swap dex node, uh, it will transmit message the underlying data layer is called the SMSG layer. So for, for this DEX. So if your node goes offline, any of the messages that you've generated, so bid orders, ask orders, any transactions they're occurring, the steps required to propagate and complete those the transmission of those messages won't occur until your node goes back online. The other thing is because of the nature of this protocol, the way it's been released, you need to fully download and sync the coins you're using. So you can't trade in Firo, for example, uh, and you can't even see the bid and ask offers for Firo pairings unless you download and sync the Firo chain. And so that applies to Litecoin, applies to Bitcoin, applies to Monero, Particle, any of the cryptocurrencies you wish to pair, you're going to need to download and sync the relevant chain. Um, so that's what I was getting at with the messaging. Fair enough. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Oh. Great questions, man. We got uh, GMS. I just want to, before GMS, before you come up, I just want to mention I put Monerotopia.com in the bird's nest up there. Just taking advantage of the fact we got a bunch of people in this room. We're going to be doing a Monero conference down in Mex Mexico. Uh, in Mexico City in May. It's May 6th and 7th, so check that out. Um, it's going to be cool. And one of the things we're doing is uh, we're, we're trying to get some other privacy coin and privacy tech projects involved, uh, projects like, like Particle and uh, Basic Swap Decks. I'd uh, love to have them come down there, but we've been talking to a bunch of others. Uh, we're going to be doing a Monerotopia tomorrow. We have uh, the, the main dev from Zano, who's going to be talking about his his project and, and you know uh how it relates to monero we're gonna have him down at the conference so just want to put that word out there we got everybody here gms go ahead yo thanks i actually have a, uh, i've been following the particle project for a long time i'm really hype on this idea of a decentralized marketplace i think probably one of the of course the biggest issue or like difficulty is just getting people to start using it um i'm curious if you guys have ideas about how to make a decentralized marketplace um more what would be the word like less risky for people in that like you know i'm selling something 
and then it's just in any marketplace the general uh problem of i i sell something and then who sends the money first kind of like who's um do i send the product and then maybe someone sends the money when they receive it or like that kind of a thing so i mean with the with the particle marketplace um the solution it uses to reduce the risk of fraud or being defrauded um they use automated escrows that run on they essentially use smart contracts to deliver a two-party only escrow so right like the the example i always give is okay oh you happen to like this cup that's for sale and it's on sale for five dollars well when you basically say i would like to purchase that cup that's listed you as the buyer your deposit you put into a smart contract a deposit equal to ten dollars which is twice the value of the item on the flip side, the seller, in order to initiate that smart contract and transaction, they put a deposit equal to the value of the item. So they put in $5. So in that setup, if the seller hasn't got the actual cup to send you, if that's, if, the, if basically, if that transaction is, doesn't occur. So once the funds from the seller and the funds from the buyer are deposited into that smart contract, for right. that transaction, they're locked. And the only way they can really be unlocked is essentially if both parties kind of agree this transaction's occurred. So if it hasn't occurred, the funds get burned. And in that scenario, if it's a scammer who's selling their net profit zero, the buyer does get penalized by essentially having doubled their waste. But both parties are incentivized in that setup to kind of be honest. Now, I'm not going to lie and say I don't think it's the perfect system, but it's certainly better than nothing when you're looking for like a trustless setup that doesn't yeah. require a third-party moderator. No, I'm familiar with this, uh, how you have it set up. I really like it. I do oh. – uh, um, yeah, I think it's a really like it's a really good first step. I was curious if you have thought of um, implementing somewhat of a credit system on top of that where, for instance, if you have – if you're a buyer and you – have like successfully gone through many uh, like successful yeah swaps or basically many successful so, exchanges. You have like some statistical. You have to basically put up less collateral if you have good credit. So there is the escrow itself. Actually, now we've built in a variable escrow function, so sellers can essentially set less than a hundred percent. So actually, you can have like sales that go through that theoretically have no deposits. Um, in order to get that to really work, you're going to need to build a reputation system in and getting a truly trustless decentralized reputation system is definitely something that I would, you know, anyone who's interested, hang out, go along to the particle project discord, uh, on telegram or element. I prefer element personally. So for the, they're all linked channels. They're all the same channel. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to access the, 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 the areas where, the devs, the community members, the manager, everyone who's involved in the project, and who you know, the people who like me have been talking today. If you want to get the really passionate members of this community, swing down to those channels and pitch ideas. But I think, yeah, we're going to need to have to to really have that sort of solution you're proposing. We're going to need to have a robust um reputation system now there are identity management systems now that are sort of being built into particle i think i don't know if you've looked at the latest updates so essentially you can kind of create your own profile and again because of the nature you can keep creating as many profiles as you want but i mm -hmm. think 
that is the first step towards a reputation system and then how you go about implementing it i'll be honest recently i've not given too much thought to it because so much of the development has been on on basic swap and a lot of my thinking has been towards that um and going back to the challenges of decentralized e-commerce the biggest barriers to adoption ironically come down to acquisition of the token that you're transacting with and that's actually in part where the idea of currency exchanges come through um, from liquidity point of view you know i can critique particle and i'll be upfront liquidity has always been a, an issue with particle tokens uh, from a blockchain perspective exchange listings have always been a problem but i think using decentralized exchanges and opens up the gateway to greater integrations into the e into the e-commerce layer. So I hope that kind of answers your question in some sense. No, it does. Thank you so much. This is uh, you guys have gone above and beyond. I haven't used Particle since you've implemented this identity management, um, like being able to create an identity. I'm going to check it out. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming in on Monero Talk too. You guys are killing it. I'm really excited about this. All the decentralized exchanges are the future. This is like what's going to really bring it to be uh, used by everyone in the world. Um, yeah. Thank you. We knew we knew the Monero community would love this. A anybody else want to want to come up and ask a question? Dr. Cap, how, how active is the marketplace? The part of the I mean, marketplace? Let, let, let me be completely honest with you. It's not very active. Um, we're a small community. We, you know, we, we, you guys found out about us last week because we've been focused purely on development, and that's come at the cost of not engaging so much with marketing. So my, my answer to you is there are items there for sale, and it's an open platform. Anyone is free to kind of use it put up their own store essentially you know you can now create any number of you can create an infinite number of storefronts on this with their own sort of, sort of private with their own sort of view key so essentially you can create stores that are invisible to everyone except the people you share the view key with uh, sorry so to go back and answer your question not many people because not many people know about it is the honest answer uh, and I think it's one of those things where you kind of need to reach a critical threshold. And in order to reach that critical threshold, you just need to go out there and promote it and talk about it. I'm really glad that I've got the opportunity to talk about that today. It wasn't what I set out to do. Let me just make that clear. I'm not, I'm not shill anything, but you know, my, my, my honest answer to you is you guys, are, a lot of the people in this audience are probably only just hearing about this stuff, but you know, certainly the marketplace has been around for at least a year. The development on that is ongoing, and you're more than welcome to go to the Particle Project webpage and actually look, to, or go to particle.news, which is kind of the aggregate website that we use for all publications, news, and updates relevant to both Basic Swap and Particle as a marketplace and the Particle Project as a whole. So that's particle.news. Um, and certainly if you want to learn more about that, that's a way to go. But again, it comes down to, hey, you're finding out about it now. Great. Thank you. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys looked into um, other people, like basically acting as a back end to other exchanges? Um, I don't, I'm just curious, like how, 
how much yeah, yeah. so we had so so the issue with the marketplace and i'll go back into this is that for a while we sort of had an integrated module in it so the particle marketplace would run on particle desktop particle desktop also connected to the smsg network and had built-in programming on top to make the marketplace function now we had uh, modules built into the particle marketplace that would connect to simple swap and stealth x but the big problem is the particle token on which all of the transactions for that marketplace occur you know the the, the biggest the most the, the exchange it's listed on is bitrex and bitrex is extremely restrictive when it comes to integrations with stealth x sim, uh, simple swap and other swap providers uh, at one stage we actually built um a, a module, a mechanism that would allow you to use StealthX, SimpleSwap, and other swap-type services to use other cryptocurrencies to then directly engage with the marketplace transactions. But the failure point, again, was that these services were all reliant on a centralized exchange. And when they stopped supporting those services, the third-party API-type services for these swaps, we lost out. So... I hope that kind of answers the question. That that's essentially what's happened there. It is possible. It's just a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah, I know. I remember trying to get particle like maybe two years ago and being like, "How the hell did I even get this stuff?" Um, uh, so I'm I'm really hyped that you guys are making it easier. This is this is like the correct next step. I think even in the future, getting you know, I'm just imagining like like eBay or some place like Amazon wants to it just. It launched its own decentralized marketplace, and you can just be like, "Yep, we've got the back end for that." Like, you could just make a front end, but it runs through our back end. And th well, this is me talking. Is I don't, I don't know. Well, no, that, that's so, exactly yeah. part of the vision. Is that essentially you've kind of built the back end layer already? So if yeah. eBay suddenly decides they do want to build a decentralized marketplace, they can just basically build a white, a white, uh, sorry, a white label version of the particle protocol. Essentially, they can put their branding on it. Uh, yeah. it, you know, and it's exactly what you said. So that's possible. Yeah, you guys are you're killing it. This is super hype. I'm, I'm super glad you guys came on. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Fantastic. Anybody else want to uh, jump up here? Request to speak. All right. Uh, I greatly appreciate you guys doing this, doing the interview and then hanging around for Q&A. Dr. Cap, thank you so much. Uh, no worries, Douglas. It's been a real pleasure. Um, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity. Yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, you know, I meant what I said about the invitation to Mexico City. <laughs> we would love to have you guys down there. I think, I think it's a cool, cool collaboration. So, I, I think, Sunit, um, you know, your producer, she kind of mentioned this to us. And I sort of mentioned it to my wife. Is like, yes, I'm coming with you. So, yeah, I, I feel like if it's in May, right? So that's, you know, yes is the answer from my end. Yeah, look forward to it. All right, fantastic. Uh, I don't know if CG's, I guess CG is signed in as Particle. CG, thank you so much, man. Greatly appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, he's not, he's not, uh, we don't have him as a speaker. Uh, All right. So, wait, hold on. Let me see. Maybe try to, is that, um, is that CG running that account? Uh, is he requesting to speak? Yeah, no. he will be running that account. Okay. Hold on. I'm inviting him. Just to let him get his last words in here. I don't know. It's not a, 
it's not going. Okay. All right, no, no worries. Fair. All right, guys, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Once again, gr- greatly appreciate you taking the time and appreciate all the work you're doing in the, in the privacy community in the open source privacy community. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, and have a lovely evening, man. All right, you too. Thank you so much, guys. Catch us every week. We do these shows every week. They're always at different different days, normally around the same time. Uh, and just, you know, follow the Monero talk account. Have a good one, guys. Ciao. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.